Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 353, After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino, where nothing else comes close. A lot of people in the hockey world are probably waking up asking the same question this morning. What's that? Who the fuck is Brandon Byro? No? Yeah. Um, Maybe not quite like that. Yeah, like I, you know, I think that uh, he's been a pretty good player. Uh, his whole uh, one game in the NHL before in the minors. Night. In the minors, he's been okay, well. A that doesn't good mean anything. I know a lot of great players in the minors that didn't pan out to play in the NHL. Doesn't mean anything if he's a great player in the minors. He's not even on the prospect watch list this year. Look at all the first round picks. Did you have Brandon Byro in your top five call ups from the minors? I did not. Thank you. That's my are whole you, point. Are you are you upset that they called up Brandon Byro? Well, I I can't sit. I was never. We talked about it yesterday for a minute. What are they doing? Are they showcasing this kid? Is it a trade? Like what? Why is Brandon Byro here? And then now you know what a goal he scored. The first goal, by the way, we haven't seen. Where did he score it? Well, his his did, face was buried right in Carter goal? Hart's groin. Cross-check from behind. I mean, exactly where we tell kids to score goals. Go right to the paint and jam at the puck. He did exactly that. Yeah. So, okay, so let's not get too sidetracked. What do you mean? You you ask, was I disappointed? I was not disappointed. I don't care who they call up. I mean, it's none of my business. Obviously, there's a reason why they called him up, and they look brilliant, by the way. Mm-hmm. And by the way, who else in the world, in the hockey world right now, is happier or more happy? For Brandon Byro than Terry Pagula outside Byro's family. What does that mean? You tell me why Terry Pagula would be so happy that Brandon Byro scored two goals last night on the Buffalo Sabres. I have no idea. Terry Pagula single-handedly stroked one check and built the entire Penn State hockey program. Oh, so he played at Penn State? Came through the State. Penn State program. Okay. And that's quite the feather in your cap when you invest a hundred million bucks or more into a program to build an unbelievable, unbelievable <laughs> facility that I've had the pleasure to be at one time. And then you see this kid come through, and there's been a few other draft picks. I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't name any right now, but I know that you know that he's a Penn State guy. And uh, yeah, so I mean, just I wanted to add that because I think you know everyone associates Terry Pagula with the Bills and the Sabers you know, gas and all that stuff. But I think everybody forgets that he built contributed. It was, a, it, was it was like $125 million that he donated to build that, that uh, facility. Well, it was, that, it was uh, also the rank, but then also some kind of an endowment for like a financial endowment for the, for the hockey for the program. program. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he, so it, it that's a, to me, I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe that's why he got. Maybe that's why he played in Pennsylvania. I, I don't know. I all, all I'm saying is it's it's just it's a really cool story, and I think that should be mentioned. That before I think before he did anything with the Sabers, I feel like he built that program at Penn State, or it was they kind of coincided along one another. But either way, yeah. Just a little side note there. Another side note: Matt Savoy has played four games down there now, and he has four points. 
So he got a, he's got he got an assist the other night, which is good for Matt Savoy. Four games, one goal and four points. He's a plus uh, plus one, which is uh, which is good. Um, and I will continue to go back to you know you asked the question, um, why Brendan Byro? Why Brandon Byro? He's played five games in Rochester. He has two goals and six points. Five games, two goals, six points. What is Isaac Roseanne and Yari Kulich thinking? Yari Kulich right now has seven goals, 10 points, plus four in eight games. Isaac Rosen, four goals, 10 points in eight games, plus three. And and listen, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm okay with allowing these guys where they're super, super young. Yari Kulich, what is he, 19 now? Is he 19? Hey, Craig, can I just add something here? Gets a shit how they feel. Deal with it. Play better. Play better. If you're if you're playing as well as you possibly can, play better. Or keep playing that way. Mm-hmm. Show the consistency. I mean, it's easy to say from the cheap seats. It's so easy to say from sitting right here. And I didn't understand what that meant at the time. I didn't. I, I when you saw guys getting called up, not around me, but just around other guys, because I wasn't necessarily the next guy called up. My role was very specific. In fact, I never have been called up. I've seen guys, and it doesn't matter. Just you got to. I've seen guys pissed. You want them pissed. I just don't know why they didn't call him up. Why they didn't, why they called Byro up. There's a reason, Craig, why they mm-hmm. called Byro specifically. I don't know these answers. Um, I do know that when, um, when I was going through this a long time ago, um, there was some, some head scratchers of why a certain player got called up over another. I think that um, sometimes you, I think the organization wants to allow players like Yari Kulich, who are 20 years old, to continue to improve and get and and get hungry like you're talking about to be able to take a position from another player on this current team. That's what you want. You want a young, talented, hungry player that when he does get called up, that he's ready and he is ready to not just survive in the NHL, that you're going to thrive in the NHL. Brandon Byro is a little bit older. What is he? 20, 25. And I think that's gotta be a factor. It has to be a reason. 20. There's a big difference, man. I don't care about talent. I don't care about all that. There's a big difference between a guy who's played four year call. Think about his body after four years of college. Mm-hmm. Like the guy's physically there. He's already there. Now he's 25. That is your peak, peak shape. 25 is your peak shape, or it's the, it's almost like the start of your prime shape. I'd say 25 to 29 is, is peak shape for, for athletes strength wise. Okay. Maturity is probably there. Like we're not talking about a kid here. He's a young man. He's played four years at college. He's already had pro experience. He has good numbers. He's missed games down there. So he's had he has good numbers. Good enough numbers to justify a call-up. And maybe it's position specific. He's a left winger. Was he playing left wing all night? God, I think sometime at some point he was well, I feel like cruising around was, at center. Well, that, that's the thing. It's like I feel like the way this team plays. You could be switching positions at any time. But it's great for the kid. Two goals. It's a great win for the team. You know what's interesting? What 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 comes to my mind as you basically talked about what position did he play? And then you kind of said, well, it, it doesn't really matter because things move around and change all the time. I want to I want to just make a point to all the people all the hockey parents that listen to this podcast, when you in your mind 
are thinking that your son or your daughter is a centerman and he's only a centerman. Think about it again. When you play wing, if you're a left-handed shot and you play left wing, the game is seen and and you and you do things and figure out things to in order to be the best person playing left wing. Same thing as right wing, same thing as center. But at, my point is at the younger ages, there seems to be specific positions. And I think it's so wrong because once you get to 17, 18 years old, your position on a team changes all the time. But the problem with a lot of those players, as they get to the older ages, now you're funneling into teams that have stud centermen. And your son or daughter might not be one of those top four centermen. So your, your son or daughter is still good enough to make the team. So the coaching staff says, I need you to play left wing. I need you to play right wing. The problem is a lot of those kids that think that center is the pinnacle position realize that they, they, they don't know how to play left wing. They don't know the little subtleties of playing wing. And I think it's very, very important um, to play multiple positions as a forward when you're growing up. I think it's really important because playing wing is very, very different than playing uh, center. And you need to learn how to play all these positions. Back-to-back win for UPL, which... Was it back-to-back? Is that three wins for him now? It is. Why is that surprising to you? If you told me he was going to start three games to start the the first ten games of the season, I would have said no way. Why? Injuries, well... Levi, Comrie, and Lukanen, three goalies. Obviously, injuries change everything. I don't want to change anything up right now. He, this kid looks really good. He looks first goal wasn't his fault. First goal goes off power skate over his shoulder. What are you gonna do? Okay. There was another goal. Yep. Like, how does that one deflection the the the, the goal where the, the, the Atkinson? That was unbelievable goal, by the it way. It's an absolute sick goal. I mean, you don't see too many deflections from the side of the net on that angle. That far from the side of the net. Yeah, Yeah, it was it was was crazy. I mean, what are you supposed to do there? The Sabres went and scored Tage Thompson, man. Four game point streak, eight points. Yeah, say whatever you want. I'm just trying to make sure. I will just I will just say I will just say this that Ukapekalukanen played very well in net. But I also believe that the team in general needs to be given credit. I thought they did again. They're winning. They're winning a game, but they really kind of took their foot off the pe- uh, pedal in the second period. I thought they were solid in the third, but they played as a unit better defense. Can I use an example of of defense turning to offense? The Tage Thompson goal. Jordan Greenway angles the defenseman down a certain around into the corner behind the net. He stays in front of the net. Defenseman has to rim it. I think it was Tuck. I think. I don't know who. It was a right-hand shot at the blue line who picks it off and makes a quick, quick pass to Tage through a very tight lane, and Tage goes in and snaps it in the top corner. Like, that's team defense. That's That's perfect positioning right there. Guy in the middle, guy angling, guy in the boards. It translated into a goal. Tage Thompson, after this first couple games, and uh, you, me, and everybody else in uh, Saberland were in a bit of a panic because they did not start, or Tage did not start the way we expected him to. And you look at him now, he's got five goals in 10 games and nine points. And it just seems like um, it seems like the the team the, the the team just has so much talent. Like I mean, when you look around the National Hockey League and look at 
the players and the makeup of of the teams, man, do they have a lot of talent. And and I just there's certain players that just don't get enough love. Like we can sit here and talk about Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power scored the winner last night. Okay, awesome. That's that's huge. That's huge, huge confidence what a, for Owen Power. What a shot. What a shot. Jeff Skinner, Thompson, Tuck Power, Cousins. They get all the praise. That's all we ever talk about is those players. But man, are like Jordan Greenway. And I don't know, again, if you feel the same way, but watching him play, like he's got one goal in 10 games, okay? He's got five points. He's a plus player. I just, I feel, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but I just feel that he adds a presence to the hockey team. And I don't know if it's just his size, or if it's that big burly black beard he's got, and but he adds a presence of of um, physicality to the team. Again, I was watching just little tiny things. Kyle Poso in front of the net, guy stops in front of the net, and you know, I don't know what was said, but Kyle gives him a shot, which I love, and. Right behind him is Dylan Cousins again. And he gives him a shot. And then everything is deflated and it, it just move on. And Dylan Cousins is the kind of guy where it's like uh, if someone pushes the wrong buttons, they're gonna they're gonna learn quick. I mean, the bigger and stronger he gets, he's gonna be more of a problem for people. You know, like I can see Dylan Cousins kind of turning into a Ryan Getzlaff type type player maybe not quite a that's Corey exactly Perry. that's exactly what he needs to be yeah he needs to pound the shit out of a couple people the right people not grab your heavies but grab yeah not go you know, and fight fighters go and yeah, fight cool. guys that are like him that are tough customers that are willing and go out and friggin make Beat a name for yourself yeah 100 percent not this year, though. Put on another 10. But holy shitballs, did you see our our boy? Our boy on defense, Yoki Haru, absolutely shit a load in his pants last <laughs> night when, uh, who the hell was it? I can't stand when guys go back to the bench oh. and then they're like, <laughs> someone says, like, what was that about? And he laughs. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I hate did that. Did you see his face on the ice? Go back and watch that. I don't need to. I've never seen a guy look like he was more terrified than than old Henry at that time. And I know he's not a fighter, he, but holy there shit, was an balls, old man. Henry in his drawers without question. Jesus. Wowzers. <laughs> he looked like he was like at least say terrified. fuck off. Like at least go fuck you, you fucking who are you? You can't even fucking skate. Even if we can skate, just say something. Be like, holy shit, man. Is this your first shift? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Good yeah. for you. But like, say something. I mean, like, oh, God, man. I'll chop that fucking snorkel right off your face. That fucking nose you got there, Hathaway. Yeah. yeah. Garnet the nose. That's what I call him. <laughs> Henry's playing well. Garnet, I'll bite Not shitting on Henry. Right off your face. I am. I'm not shitting on Henry. Henry's actually playing uh, some good hockey. He looks real good with uh, with Owen Power. You know, he's a young guy too, man. I mean, we sit here and so much praise going in all different directions of of the talent pool that's on this team. Um, Henry Okaharu is a nice defenseman. Is he the top four defenseman that they need moving forward to win championships? I don't know if that's the case, but he's one hell of a player. Like he's a nice player. He just, what he lacks and what the team needs, he doesn't have. Does this team have enough speed? Oh yeah. It does. Okay. I, I like, I just, I saw, say I they don't have enough speed. Okay. I, I think, our, I think our team here in Buffalo is, is quick. I think you have Jeff Skinner's have probably the slowest force. guy because he's the only guy that kind of does the 10 to two all the way down the ice and turns sideways. I don't think your D are very fast. Owen power skates very well. 
Rasmus Dahlin is not fast. Fast. Neither one of those guys are fast. Samuelson's not fast. Dahlin's not fast. I'm getting Johnson off to the side. He's 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 perfect for what he is. Um, you know, Yoki Haru's not that fast. These guys, the defensemen, aren't that fast. Like, what do we need? What do we need speedsters for? I don't know if they get the caught. Fastest kind of like defenseman like we have caught, the fastest defenseman we have. The fastest defenseman we have right now is Bryson. Yes. Want him in the lineup every night? Okay, exactly. Right. We don't need speed. We need guys that know how to play defense. Okay. We need right. guys that know how to defend. All right. I just ask guys the that know Fuck. how to move the puck. I'm not doubting it. I was just asking. I was like, you think this team? I think I think Philadelphia is. A decently fast team. I don't. I mean, I think that game last night came down to skill. I don't think it came down to the Sabers completely outplayed them. Let's go get the Don. We got we got Roisey last night. So I was driving down the highway the other day, and have you ever realized how many Salino Law signs there are? Oh yeah, they're everywhere. Why? Whether you're on the 190, they are a sponsor of the podcast now. But I, I noticed that Salino Law signs are all over the place. What do you think they're trying to tell you? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? That if you're in a car crash, call our friends at Salino Law. 800-555-5555. You looking for a nice little getaway? Seneca Allegheny Resort and Casino. Natural beauty meets true luxury. Surrounded by the lush hills of the rolling Allegheny Mountains, incredible views are second only to the outstanding accommodations and service. Enjoy the AAA Four Diamond Resort, complete with luxurious rooms and amenities, expansive dining options, and of course, world-class gaming nestled in the foothills, just a short drive from the quaint village of Ellicottville. Go to SenecaAlleghenyCasino.com for more details. Yo, fellas. Can you hear me? Yeah. Craig, can you hear him? Unfortunately. Okay, well, let me just make this clear, Derek. Nice sweater. Did you knit that yourself? Don't you ever, ever fucking tell us what time we're going to start tomorrow morning ever again. Okay. This is That is the equivalent to you coming into the locker room in Pittsburgh, taking out <laughs> the, the country, Curtis Brown's country CD. And playing Ace of Bass or whatever shit ball music you were Ace playing. Ace of Bass. Wow. Ace yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> they had some good bangers. All Ace that she wants is another baby. <laughs> I saw the sign. That's why I had to leave the room. I think of myself too. Like, you remember Tony Ludman? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the music that he listened to? Oh, he was hardcore rock. Like he was that... the the biggest metal head of all time. Yeah. Like so I could see Tony like being in the middle of a mosh pit, just pushing guys around. Just a dark, dark metal head fin. And he's sitting in the room beside me or one down from me, literally beside himself. Can't even can't even prepare himself for the game with how pathetic our music was run by you. Well, you know, different strokes for different folks, man. Like, you can't please everybody with music. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, he was the calmest guy ever, and the music coming out of, like, the his headphones like, are just crazy. Yeah, like, death, like, dark death metal from Finland that... I mean, they are heavy, heavy into, you know, insanely hard, hard rock. I wouldn't even call it rock. I don't even know what it is. It sounds awful. Hey, you know what I ran into the other day? It was hilarious. Is Ty Domi. And I told the story about, remember when we were driving uh, from Buffalo to Toronto? And you're just like, we're sitting beside each other and you're like, I'm going to fight Ty Domi. I'm going to fight Ty Domi. And I'm like, Ben, shut up. I got to focus here. You you were so worried about fighting Ty Domi. And then you got on the ice. He twirled you around and, and you guys both fell. It was like literally like five second fight. And then it was over. Is that what happened? I believe so. If that's what I remembered, but wow. I don't, I don't remember. He, he, he had a lot of good things to say about you. He's like, yeah, that guy was really tough. Is that how you saw the fight? You fucking chicken shit. That's how you saw your buddy fight fucking like super heavyweight legend Ty Domi at 23 years super old. Super heavyweight. The guy was like five eight. 
Guy fucking killed every. Oh, killed geez, every- yeah. Thanks, thanks, Greg. Low, low, low center of gravity. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Chuck me a bone here. <laughs> <laughs> I hit him with an uppercut, and he dropped. And Did I you- go ahead. I thought he Claimed was dead. to fame. Did well, you wait, and then he got right, right, and then he got right back up. Then he got right back up. What? How many times did you fight him? Did you fight I him, fought him one time? time. But that are was you that talking? One... I think uh, are you uh, talking... it was an exhibition game. I want to. No, say. I didn't fight him in exhibition. That was the night I asked him to fight, and he said, "Make the league, kid." And then I fought oh, Doug. Okay, yeah. Get your facts straight. Sorry, you weren't in the league yet when I fought Ty Domi, young buck. Oh, that's good. Good point. I... <laughs> yeah, those are funny stories. That's uh, hilarious. Where'd you run into him? Uh, I was just out with a meeting with a uh, with, with a friend of mine, and and um, we were downtown Toronto, and he just get, we were out for uh, dinner, and he came up, and or actually is- I, I I yelled him like die, die, and he looked over like a like a super fan was yelling, I'm like <laughs> it's me Derek Roy, <laughs> and, what and what did he did say? He who? who you were? I know I met him at a few alumni uh, golf tournaments and and things like that. So he's like, "Oh, hey, Roisey, what's up?" So he came over, said hi, and and introduced him to my friend. And he was, he's a he's an awesome guy, man. Super nice guy, and he's so jacked that his son's playing on the team. So um, he's he's happy to come back to Toronto and 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 uh, see his son play for the Leafs, which is awesome. Did you watch the Sabres game last night? I did not. I was watching the uh, World Series game. Sorry, fellas. Texas won the World Series. It's pretty, uh, pretty big thing. They have never won. So the, the catcher Heim is the catcher Heim. What? Sorry, is the catcher's name for the Rangers? Is his name Heim? Oh, I don't know. He's from Buffalo. That the catcher for the team is is from uh, is from Buffalo. Oh, is he really? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I think they've. I think they were like one out away once from winning the the World Series back in 2012 or something like that. 2011. And imagine being one out from winning the World Series, and then not, like you're so close. Uh, well, I, I like couldn't imagine Game Seven I, overtime. I couldn't I imagine like how, choosing to watch baseball over anything else. I like playoff baseball. Playoff anything's good. I don't know how much further we can go with this today, Craig. I I'm lost for words that we are <laughs> yeah. watching. We're watching a baseball game over a hockey game. It's just mind. You know what? You don't watch the World Series? You kind of have a baseball player attitude. You know, you're cocky, you're small. I'd be, yeah, second baseman. Yeah. <laughs> Shortstop. <laughs> and you only got to go to the, to the first or second base. Like, you know, I don't need to you sprint 100 meters. A, you should have been a baseball player, Royce. You would have stood out there. I loved it. Well, the Sabres won, Derek, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. They're on a roll. <laughs> Teams on a roll. Well, I mean, they only they only had 15 shots on net last last night. So I mean, got outshot 40 to 15. So I'm 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 guessing they didn't play that well, but they won. They find way to win games, man. That's what it's. That's what you got to do. Well, you got to beat the teams that you're better than. Their scores are scoring, which is which is obviously a good thing because then they feel good and then they get more touches and um it obviously going to elevate everybody else. If your scores are scoring, then that's uh you know that's a positive sign. But if you're winning game and your scorers aren't scoring, you still got an issue because your scorers are still pissed off, eh, Roisy? Because they're yeah. not, they're not, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See they're always pissed off. Those guys, when they don't score, they <laughs> like Kodalik would be mad if he had three assists and no goals. <laughs> Craig told the story one time about Saku Koivu not getting a point in like a, like a eight one win. Yeah, it was, we, we ended up winning a game like seven to one, just dominated this game as one of the best performances we had of the year. Um, you know, obviously Saku, I understand the stars. I understand that the elite guys, they have pressure. They have pressure to produce, right? And points are production in their eyes. But when you ultimately, at the end of the day, you're looking for guys that um are, it's not just about points. It's about winning games. And how we win games is the most important thing. And I'm sitting there with my buddy and we're, we're, you know, an older, like we're in our late, late twenties and he's sitting there pouting all plane ride, all bus ride to the hotel. And we get into the hotel and he's just complete bear. 
And I just looked at him. I said, what the fuck? What's your fucking problem? And he's like, well, you know, it was one seven one. I didn't get any points. This and that. I'm like, I was like, what? And uh, basically lost my shit. And we argued over that for a while. But he, he, you know, he totally gets it. And I think he's just, you know, their top end players are hard on themselves. Right. Because if you're not producing, then you feel like you're not giving what you need to give to the team. Right. Yeah. And you're just like, why does this team need me if, if they're going out and scoring seven goals without me even getting an assist? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All I know is if we lost and I had a point, I was always happy. I remember we lost a game in junior one time, six, two to London. And I scored both goals. Okay. It's my rookie year. And coach was like, ah, then he decides to center me out for no reason. Like, Oh, Andrew Peters, you can go and be happy because you scored two goals. And I was kind of like, fuck. I am in my head. I'm like, I actually am happy. I'm actually really happy. Remember that. uh, Remember that game that we played in Maple Leaf gardens where you stole my hat trick. (laughs) Oh man. My only game at Maple Leaf Gardens, I have two goals with about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That would have been your first junior hat trick, though. That would have been, yeah. Doesn't, it was like first doesn't, year. Doesn't everybody have a junior hat trick? <laughs> I have one. I actually you do. do. I, I do have one. I got one my second. A Gordy Al hat trick? No, no, no. Three or real goals. Ones. I had three goals. Wow. That's Kingston. Oh, crap. Two, actually, I think the two the two goals that I scored might have been it was close to the two of the fastest goals in a period, I think, of the Oshawa General. I scored one, then I scored like. Five seconds later, fuck, lost the draw, broke in, went, drove wide, drove behind the net, threw it out front off the goalie's heel in the net. Boom. Isn't, that it, was the second isn't, it, isn't it crazy how you can remember stuff that happened 25 years ago? <laughs> tell, tell Riv the story. Yeah, we're, so we're playing in Maple Leaf Gardens, playing St. Mike's, and um, I don't know, it's probably game 20 of the year, maybe something like that. And um, I have two goals. They pull the goalie. It's probably about 30 seconds left in the game. I strip the puck off the guy and then I'm about to go in on a breakaway and he comes in, scoops it from me. <laughs> That's not true. That's oh, not true. That's not true. This thing goes listen, you dickhead. This is exactly what happens. Roycey does all the work. We are I don't ask me why I'm on the ice, short or empty net, but but we're on the ice. Roycey does all the, this uh, legendary, unbelievable forecheck. Okay. He pins them in their zone with no goalie. Six guys for like 15 seconds i just stood out by the blue line just kind of waiting there to kind of react to like which way they go i'm watching this little fly around buzzing in there lifting sticks trying to get his hat trick right he takes the puck out of the corner he comes around the top of the circle now i start to slowly move in because he has possession he comes around the top of the circle there's a defenseman in between him and he shoots it it goes off the far post he continues to go to the net right on my stick. I'm all alone. He's and then he's flying to the net. He called uh, for it. He, I could have I could have just left it for him. He calls for it. I just roof it. I'm like, what? how <laughs> how can you act? How like what? You're the rookie, man. Yeah, I'm, I was 16. I, was 16. What, what can I, was, I say? I was 19 years old, 100, 150 a, pounds, playing with a broken hand. What's he? What's he gonna say? Yeah, it was. Um, I'm putting that puck in the net. All right. I think I got an apple on it at least. If you I did, you post. got an apple. You got an apple. We got the win. <laughs> that was most important. We got the win. Exactly. You know, I let you sit at the back of the bus on the way home. Oh, that's funny shit. Craig, take it away, man. Do you want me to do? What about what about? What about you're back gonna sit to- here and tell everybody that you you know you're the host of the show and now all of a sudden you have no idea what you're doing because you didn't use the r- little red book I gave you with the pen. Well, that was called me for the loop. Was Roycey not watching any of the game? I'll t- I'll take it from here. What about Backy retiring? Did he retire or is he taking a leave of absence? There's a big difference. I I, I just think is I, I think he's had multiple hip surgeries, right? So I don't know how, like he's been slowing down, and he's an unbelievable player, and such a great passer. And well, leave of absence due to injury would be would allow him to continue to get paid. If he retires, he shuts down. Not that he needs the money, I'm sure, but who doesn't? What's he making? Nine million? Eight yeah, million? He's making, yeah, he's making like eight or nine something. Yeah, <laughs> no, no you're making like nine point two five million dollars. 
And I think that's like if 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 you're the owner of this hockey team and you're in that situation where you're going to take a leave of absence, what does that mean? Does that mean he goes on a long-term IR where the insurance companies now are 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 paying his salary? Like how does that work? Yeah, I would imagine the insurance would take over there. Because he's going to, I don't know if he's going to come back, honestly. Well, how old is he? He's got to be 36. At what point in time do you just basically say, you know what? My body is caught up to me. I can't do this anymore. Was there a time in your career that um, you thought to yourself, yeah, this is it? Like, 100%. You woke up in the morning one day or whatever got hit or something on the ice, and you're just like, you know what? My body can't do this anymore. 1,000%. And that's why I retired. I could have played another year. I chose not to. Um, I think your body, your body feels so bad that you know that you can't perform at the level that you want to, but you can still play in the league. And the amount of games, the 82 games, that's the, 82 the other games, thing. Like- the mental it, it's, it's, it's about going home in the summertime and having to rehabilitate all of the injuries and at the same time still trying to strengthen your body at you know your mid to late uh, 30s and you know he's in a situation that he could probably still play but he's he's probably a perfectionist he's probably a guy that keeps his standard and level of play he cannot reach right now because his body does not allow him to. He has one assist in eight games. Well, like, I mean, it's, and, and again, hold on a second. Don't, didn't we all think that when he signed this contract, it was just to kind of coincide with Ovi's passing of Gretzky. Like they've won their cup together. I mean, in the perfect world, I guess I would have imagined Backstrom to Ovechkin to break Gretzky's record. I mean, does that sound, yeah, I mean, they've been playing together for like 15 years. I just find it very interesting, the wording of it. He's taking a leave of absence from the team. Like, what, is, what does that mean? Well, same thing John Jonathan Taves did. An ongoing injury situation after a slow start to his season. Yeah, I think, I think he's had multiple. On his artificial left hips. hips. You yeah. know, I mean, he's probably not able to able to play the game that he wants to play. He's probably not doesn't have the same strength in it. Doesn't have the same speed. Um, can't get separation when he has the puck to basically make the plays that he's been making his entire career. Like Nicholas Backstrom's been one of the best forwards, centermen puck moving guys in this game like he is he's a magician and guys like that do not like to play at uh you know 50 percent or 60 percent so and also it sucks waking up every morning imagine waking up in pain every morning and got to go to the rink and just try to loosen it up to go on the ice and try to perform you know what i mean like it's, it's taxing on, on mentally. But how many players are like that how many players are like that Rosie? wake up in the morning Threw out an 82 game schedule in the NHL. Wake up in the morning. You're you're fatigued. You're dehydrated. You're sore as shit. And if you're an older guy that has had wear and tear on his body, it is. How many guys are like that? Oh, remember uh, speaking of Tony Lubin. Remember we used to call him Game Day. He broke Why, his foot. He was always. Well, he broke his foot one year, and he didn't didn't practice for like two months <laughs> like he would just play games so we just called him game day like we wouldn't we wouldn't even see he would just be he would just be doing treatment on his foot riding the bike or something like that yeah, riding the, the bike uh, stay in shape room and then play games for like i think it was like a, um, over a month for sure maybe two months his foot was purple for two months well i think that uh you know it's it's certainly gonna hurt Ovi. um and Ovi is uh he's still trucking. He he certainly hasn't produced the the same 
goal pace is what we're all used to, you know, but in eight games, he's got eight points, but he's only got two goals. And I don't see the team is not strong. Like the Washington Capitals, I don't think is an overly strong team. So no, is, t- how much is that going to hurt Alex Ovechkin moving forward to be able to find ways to, to score those goals? Yeah, losing a piece like that just hurts the team in general, right? Like it's a big piece of your team. I I, I was the first thing I thought of when he when he ret- when I heard that news yesterday was exactly that. Wonder what that's going to do for Ovi's chasing of Gretzky cuz I'll be honest, Ovi's only on pace for 20 this year as of right now. Now he's streaky, we know that. But he's only on pace for 20. I feel like we always, every time I'm on, we're talking about Ovi. <laughs> well, <laughs> what aren't we? Every goal, he's the second highest goal scorer in history. He's still playing. I mean, he's chasing. Did you ever think that we'd be having this conversation ever in our lifetime? No chance. That's why we talk about it. That's why I bring it up. I just, I can't believe anyone passed Gordy Howe, let alone, let alone actually the conversation that someone's going to pass Wayne Gretzky, a guy that I played against too. Especially the goalies right now. Like goalies are hard to score on. Really hard. They're huge now. Well, fucking Sabres put up four on five on, uh, well, there was an empty netter, but four on 15 shots, Rosie. So, I mean, it's not that hard. Good point, actually. That Pinto thing is a peculiar, like Ottawa's in a real interesting spot with those two things going on i think it i think it was pretty darn steep a 41 game uh suspension for that for that young man you know so you don't you don't acknowledge the players trade uh protections right and the and the trade that's what the issues were they didn't acknowledge the the no move clauses is that what the issue is here so they lose a they lose a first round draft pick. That's such a huge pick, man. Yeah, lose a well, first it rounder. costs more. It costs more. It costs the Ottawa Senators more than the Chicago Blackhawks for covering up um, sexual assault. That's what we we had a conversation about that yesterday, me and my friend, and we were just like, "How does that? How do they lose a first? Because what happened was they re they reopened the investigation, right? Like after the whole Anaheim thing." Because he apparently he he didn't want to get traded to Anaheim, so they had to like reinvestigate and see what were his no move clauses. Yeah, so he had a ten. Dananoff had a ten game no move clause. Now Dananoff was traded from Ottawa to Vegas. Vegas, yeah. So there was no problem. Dananoff wanted to go to Vegas. Everything was fine. But then Vegas wanted to move the next year. They wanted to move Dananoff. To Anaheim. Anaheim, yep. And it showed that Dananoff had a no a 10-team no-movement clause. And Anaheim was on that no-movement clause. So that's when it went back to the league. And Ottawa did, and Pierre Dorian did not state that he had a 10-team no-movement clause. That was, that was not stated in the agreement when they made the trade from Ottawa to Vegas. Got it. Yeah. So the league steps in and because Pierre Dorian did not announce that information, the Ottawa a, senators that's big, yeah, that's a big deal. were able to choose. They're, they're allowed to choose. You can lose a first rounder in 2024, 2025 or 2026, but they will be losing a first round draft pick. Yeah, because that's a big deal. Because if you trade somebody to a team and he's got a no move clause with ten players, then you're or ten teams. Now you're sitting. Well, don't there you like, think like, there's a little bit on on uh, Vegas? Don't you think that you're going to know exactly what you're acquiring? Also, don't why is it just vet? on Pierre Dorian? Why 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 doesn't Vegas Golden Knights have to do the due diligence? Doesn't like I could go right now and look uh, look on Cap Friendly, and it's going to show me. The the league do does the league have any uh, vetting of the trades? Do they not look at the trades before they they go down and and 
make sure that everything's good and in place? You would think, but um, obviously not for them to get uh for them yeah. to get docked a first round draft pick and i mean when you're the ottawa senators that are still continuing to build on what they currently have already a first rounder losing a first rounder is did devastating hear, did, did you hear what their owner said mike mike i don't know if i'm pronouncing his name properly and lauer and lauer yeah i actually love this you never hear owners speak out against the league and say you have to speak to the league about that. Why is he being penalized for something that happened before he bought the team? And then why didn't they announce it and do all this while he was buying the team? And they said, do you think that maybe they didn't announce this because it might have disrupted the, the, the purchase of the team? He goes, I don't know. You'll have to ask Gary Bettman that. Like, so this guy buys the team, takes a team that is a complete shithole and buys them, overpays for them. 900 and what 925 million it wasn't over a billion right 900 million he overpays for them to begin with okay because they need a new rank that that system sucks out there in canada oh yeah he loses shane pinto for 41 games and now he has to deal with losing a first round pick for something that didn't even happen on his watch and he's got to get a new gm he loses and he has to get a new gm yeah it's a tough. Well, start. his new GM is a no-brainer. Steve Steos is is he's so perfect for this gig, you know. Like he's, I mean, I don't know if you guys know him at all, but I mean, he's coming out of Hamilton. There's a guy that has a lot of respect around the NHL and in the side of the game of hockey. He's I think Kevin. Steve's he's the Kevin Adams of uh, of GMing. I was going to say everybody from the outside. All they wanted to talk about is how little experience Kevin Adams has, and he had none. But here's the thing. I honestly believe that it's not about your experience. Kevin Adams has been around this game of hockey for a very long time. When you go and negotiate deals, Kevin Adams is going to be a part of that, but it's going to be with a committee of people that know how to crunch numbers. Like Kevin just needs to be the guy at the end of the day that can make the decision on what he is trying to build and what his focus is. So that's why all those haters or I wouldn't even say haters. There were some people that were extremely concerned because Kevin had no experience, but for me knowing Kevin and his and his personality and who he was, I didn't feel any problem with that at all. Just like Steve Stales. He hasn't he hasn't GM'd in this league. He's only been in the league uh management wise for like two months. But I'll tell you this, he understands the game very well. He has a focus and if he's got an opportunity in Ottawa to build something, he's going to build it the right way that he see, sees fit, and he'll go from there. So it's a good thing. Yeah, I don't I don't think Steve Steos is starting with any kind of a disadvantage. That's for sure. No, I think he's, no, solid he's, team. he's acquiring a pretty a pretty young team that is in the early stages of becoming a very good team. And it's it's a really good position to be in. Could have been like Kyle Dubas coming in with the Toronto Maple Leafs kind of thing. I mean, yeah, I, the Dubas thing I thought was was interesting as well. But he had he did have the American League experience going going into the NHL. But I don't know. I, I like Steve Stales. And the other thing is too, he was a longtime NHL PA player rep. So I mean, he understands the ins and outs of the business. He played over a thousand games in the NHL as a player. I, I got to be honest with you guys. I mean, I'd obviously need, I I think, you know, Coach, I don't think it's that fucking hard to build a team in the NHL, to be honest with you. I really don't. Just saying. I'm just saying. Roisy, if Craig and I, if, if, if Terry Pagula had skipped hiring four or five GMs to just hire Craig and I, Craig could be the GM, and if I were the, the assistant GM, we would have been at least conference finals the last two or three years. At least... Just saying. Not not just, a hard job, apparently, or what? Uh, just before we get off the Ottawa Senators talk, you were saying that Michael Adler, Adler. Is how you say it? Adler. Adler, um, bought the Ottawa Senators for how much? I said 925. I think it's like yeah, one, 950. 950. Yeah. American. 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 
American. Yeah. Do you know that he just sold 10% of his minority interest in the Montreal Canadiens? Yep. How much was it for? 10%? He sold he sold his 10% because he bought Probably the Ottawa Senators. Probably 200 million. 200 million? Okay. Rezzy, you want to have a guess on that? I want you guys to think of this. This is the Montreal Canadiens. Okay, well, so, what, so what's my, our, what's that, puts our, a, that puts up an evaluation of $2 billion. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's about... <laughs> you guys have no idea then. You have absolutely zero idea. Don't be so condescending. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that $2 billion for a hockey franchise was so cheap, Craig. No, no, no. Not $2 billion for a franchise. 10% he sold for. Ten percent. Yeah, that's why he's. That's why he's saying. So I said two point five billion dollars is what he made at ten percent stake. He sold his ten percent minority interest in the Montreal Canadiens for a record two point five billion enterprise value. So, so you're telling me the Molson the- family, who owns the controlling stakes in the Canadiens, exercised their option of first right to buy. Adlor stake. That makes sense. So they purchased his 10% and gave him $2.5 billion. And then he bought the senators and loses a first round pick and Pento. And so you're telling me the Habs are worth 25 billion. They're valued at 25 billion just because they are. Um, that would be the math is a monster. They're, they're a monster organization. It is what it is. It's interesting. It says here that um, the Canadians bought back because the Canadians had sold when I was playing there back in the day. They had sold um, their their stake to George Gillette. Had has nothing to do with the Razor, by the way. George Gillette. Um, no, and, not, it doesn't. I assumed it did. No, all this time and uh, the Montreal. The, the Molson family ended up buying the team back from George Gillette for $575 million in 2009. So 15 years later, they made a lot of money on that investment. So anyway, right. that just came out yesterday, by the way. Sure it wasn't $250 million. You sure you're not? You sure it says, does it say billion, Craig? You want me to send you the article? So you can read it yourself, but it says billion. You don't you want me to not, send you the article. You're not, you're not screwing. There's, you're not missing a zero somewhere, mm-hmm. or adding a zero maybe somewhere. I don't know. You butcher. I don't butcher. It's a fair you know, I question. Butcher, I butcher what names? <laughs> Good one. I'll send it to you right uh, now, so you can see it yourself. It's just great. It's just crazy that he bought the team and then these things happen like right away. Like who gets suspended 41 games ever in this league? You know what I mean? Dale Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's happened. Probably happened once. And I'll tell you what, that was a gamble. He was the the young, (laughs) this Pinto uh, player. He is a young kid. Um, He was just a sacrificial lamb to make a statement to every single player in the National Hockey League where there's probably a lot of them right now that are just shaking in their boots because they could have done the same thing. But um, it's it's a standard. It's a statement. Gary Bettman's making a pretty bold statement. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they just wanted to stop all the way around, if he's the only one. 700 players, you think he's the only guy? Hell no. Like, what if yeah. they start doing like a full investigation on well, they, internal they, game? They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. Okay. They wouldn't absolutely not do that. You want to know why? It's probably a hundred players that you could suspend for 41 games in. I mean, like, if somebody well, asks you, like, how many times does somebody ask you? How many players you, in the uh, NHL I'll, do you think gamble? On, on what? On any sport? On, on just gambling in general, any sport, football, baseball, basketball. Probably a lot. College football, college basketball. Bowling. I mean, there's probably a lot. Darts. Snooker. So, 
cricket. How many times have you been asked? How many times have you been asked, like, oh, how's the how's that guy uh, feeling today? Is he, is he going to play? Like, not for gambling purposes, but is that if that Never. guy turns around, I, if that guy turns around and, and goes gambling? I understand now why my dad called me every game day after after morning skate. Who's yeah. in? <laughs> who's in? Who's out? <laughs> my dad's going. To, my dad was playing pro line, money line, or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Now he's retired in Crystal Beach. <laughs> my dad's, seriously, he's at this. I was wondering why that creaky board on the under his office was just kind of like and it popped up and there was this big thing of cash in there all those years i was playing i was like ah millsy's hurt tonight uh it's like oh millsy's hurt okay hold on hold on who's <laughs> he bought his cottage with cash <laughs> hey uh is, is is Derek in tonight or does he still have the hip problem what about thomas i know Tommy, you're saying thomas was dealing with some rib issues uh is he gonna be going hard to the net tonight what about reva is he in if he's in i'm guaranteed they're guaranteed to be over tonight <laughs> Ah, oh, Dad! Thanks for the thanks for the uh, thanks for the kickbacks, Dad. Love you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Dad. They oh, just celebrated man. their forty seventh anniversary the other day. My dad what? said, oh, "It's it's our anniversary, forty seven years." I called to wish him a happy anniversary, and I said, "That's your fault." Well, I'm disappointed you didn't watch the Sabers game last night, but I understand. Okay, and that Heim kid does play for the Rangers. He's from Williamsville. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I think he went to Amherst High School, to be honest with you, which is rare. Baseball players don't come out of here very often. You don't hear hear of many, that's for sure. So congratulations to him. Yeah, I'm sure they're tying one on right now. Remember back in the day where we didn't know if we were getting a day off or not? My first, So we'd walk to the front of the plane. And we're all nervous. We all be like quiet in the back and make sure like we're not making any noise so we can maybe get it, possibly get a day off. And we walk to the front of the bus and it'd be like, yep, day off tomorrow. And we'd be like, yeah, we'd all be celebrating. <laughs> like we can actually get a day off. We remember we went like 30 something days without a day oh, off. Yes, I do. It was like 38 days or something without a day off. That was, I think it was, it was, uh, I can't remember what it, do you remember when someone had the calendar in the back and they were Xing off the days? Yeah. Yeah. Some, I, for, I remember that vats were just rattled, just yeah. like, I mean, imagine it, it like you can't even hang out with your kids or anything. Yeah. Like it's just like every day you got to show up at the ring for 40 straight days. Remember there was a stretch where we'd win on a Saturday night and we wouldn't play Sunday. And we'd want Sunday off, and we'd come off. The whole team would come off, going Saturday, Saturday, <laughs> yeah. Saturday. Uh, the Nickelback Saturday night, not the Elton John one. Anyway, no. Did you see I... Chris Drury and Danny Briere and those guys all up on the panel yesterday talking about another stadium series? Anyone see these guys? No. I just wanted to see him, see how he's aged. How's he looking? He looks good. Yeah. Dan- Danny's. It's not even fair. They showed him last night on TV. It's just, it's not even fair. It still looks like he's 20. He he just looks like he turned 20. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. And then he's Drew... got to be, he's got the ultimate baby face. Like, can he even grow facial hair? I don't think he can. I, yeah. I think he had a hard time growing it. Like his he, face is as smooth as a baby's butt. He never had a lick of hair on his body either. He was like, he was, it was, he was such a, it was unbelievable. It was like Danny Briere walking around locker room was like watching a muscular baby walk around. <laughs> <laughs> he was so jacked. But... <laughs> oh, man. True. That's perfect. It's true. It's true. That's what he is. Anyway. Great to see you, Roisy. Good seeing you guys. Always, always a pleasure. Hey. Next time you come on, take your head or your ass and uh, do some warm work there, bud. Holy. Hey, I'm actually hey, flying. to come on the pod? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, what sure. We, we get to talk about the Sabres? I'm actually flying. I'm flying out to Vancouver today doing like uh, an NHL alumni uh, trip. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Let's do your <laughs> well, freaking homework. I was packing and watching the game. Yeah, I will. I, I watched, I watched, I've been watching a lot of hockey. It's been nice getting back into it. Time now for Crash Course presented by Salino Law. Car Crash Call Salino, 800-555-5555. A lot of fives in there. And uh, the Sabres happen to be five and five, 10 games into the season.
it's not where they should be, but rolling into November, it's not a bad way to it's not a bad way to roll into November. Okay. So their next five games, Philadelphia at Toronto, at Carolina, home to Minnesota, at Pittsburgh. You're looking at four games in nine nights. Not a bad schedule. You think they can win all five? Yes. When 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 at the at the start of the year, the first five games of the year, I would definitely say that they couldn't beat many teams in the league. But things change. Like your perspective of your hockey team when you look at a schedule changes with how your team is playing. When you have Tage Thompson that's starting to heat up, when you have, you know, um, Jeff Skinner and Rasmus Dahlin that are playing and, and producing points and you have all of your top end guys start to continue to produce. You're, you're going to win hockey games. And if they figure out the defensive side of the game, this is going to be a very, very tough team to beat. I think two games are a lock. Two of these five are a lock. It's they're bookended. It's the three in the middle that I, I am interested in seeing i think they they're better than philadelphia so you're I, we're, we're I talking up be- a win to pittsburgh yeah yeah well, i am i mean they scare me as much as they have stunk to high hell this year and have not played well at all they are a very dangerous hockey team they are loaded with with uh with skill they have not played well but i would hate in the next two weeks for them to kind of get on a bit of a roll and find their game. Cause they're the team's eventually going to find their game. There's just too much talent on it. So it makes me very nervous. Like every single one of these games are not easy. Every single one, right from Philly, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Carolina, Toronto, there there's no easy game, but Buffalo has a hockey team. When you look at it on paper, when you when you look at it from what they did one calendar year ago with the youth, this is a really, really strong hockey team. And they're just looking to find their identity as they move forward through this year. And these five games, like I feel like they can beat anybody. I think they can beat Carolina. Carolina's not not to Carolina right they now. They can beat Toronto. Toronto's not uh you know, I don't think they're, you know, shredding it right now. They're having their ups and downs. Every single team, Carolina, who I had to win the Stanley Cup, has really struggled or have not played up to their standard. I am really looking forward to seeing the Sabres play the Leafs. It starts with winning on Friday night against uh, Philadelphia because you can go into Philadelphia and win those win that game. Get those two points. But it means jack shit if you do not win that back-to-back game against that team that you should be beating. They should be beating that team. Now, they need to play better, okay? They played solid. They scored five goals. But they can be better. Their energy and compete level needs to be higher. 20 shots. 20 shots in the third period by Philadelphia. That is a lot of shots. So I don't know what the breakdowns are there. Um, I'm sure they'll take the time to look it over and and figure out a, a, a game plan that is even stronger in what they had in the win on, on Wednesday. But they have to win that game against Philadelphia. It is a must. 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 Is it unfair to call the 11th game of the season a must win? I said last night was a well, must win. Going into the third, I was thinking... They're not playing very well. Like they can, they're not out of the game. They're not in the game. No one's controlling the game, but they don't look good. Like Lukanen didn't look great, and in, in the he made some huge saves late. He was he was clutch late, clutch. Yeah, but they did not look good, and I was a little concerned. And then that's where you need your star players to elevate their game, and they did that. I don't think they played terrible. They did some. They did some good things. They did not play well, but you know what's really That's all I'm really saying. Fun? I didn't say they you were. It's really terrible, good. But if they you... lose that game, we roast them. What's that? Well, what's nice about it is when you don't play your best game, and you still win two points. It's, it's important. I don't give a shit how they play. 
I'm not even joking. They're going to have bad games. They're going to have incredible games. It's all about how many how many points can you pick up in these games because they all matter at the end of the season. Right now, Friday, don't look don't look to to Saturday against Toronto. Don't look to a, a a very very tough game against Carolina in Carolina. Don't look at those games. I know we're in a five game segments, and I'm sure that you know they're doing the same thing. But right now, all you need to focus on is Philadelphia and giving a better effort, more competitive, more compete, find a way to win, get every point that you can. But it's nice to see that, you know, Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, who struggled at the beginning of the year and everybody was asking why, 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 and we were not winning hockey games. And now all of a sudden those guys have turned their game around. Tucky with a couple, couple boats, producing some offense, making plays, playing big, you know, Tage Thompson is back. Looks like he's back to his old self. He's dominating. And uh, this is what you need to be competitive. Well, they got it. They got to beat Philly, and then they have to. They have to beat Toronto because of the interdivision. And you'd like, it'd be nice to see yourself in the top three of the Atlantic, just for a little bit, just to believe that you belong there. There's something psychological about being there and always seeing yourself outside the wild card. Do you think so, that they can be in a top three in the Atlantic this year? Well, this this by next week they could. I'm not saying it has to be this year. I'm saying just get there during the season. I'm talking so about this year. Actually, yeah, I do. So I Boston, do. Detroit, Montreal, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Buffalo, Detroit, Florida, and Ottawa. Detroit, Montreal, and Tampa Bay are not a lock for a division. No Toronto, question. 100%. Toronto, I think, is going to be in the division. That's, I agree. I agree third, with that. Yes. That third spot will be up for grabs. And and it's going to come down to Detroit. Montreal's but five, two, and two. Like, Tampa how are they Bay, even doing this? Tampa Bay. Well, reality will set in, and if it doesn't, then Marty St. Louis will be coach of the year by by trade deadline. A massive weekend for the Buffalo Sabers. Massive, because you got a, you have a game that you need to win on Friday, just to now get above five hundred, and you have an emotional hockey night in Canada game on Saturday. 